Have you ever had a fantastic experience with healthcare? What about a not so great one? Well, here at the Alenia Life Podcast, we're going to talk about it. The Alenia Life Podcast, a production of the Alenia Collective, exists to be a public resource to you, the listener, who at some point or another has been a patient of this crazy thing we call the healthcare system. Co-hosts and doctors of physical therapy, William Mills and Joey Rosie, interview experts in the fields of physical rehabilitation, fitness, and medicine, as well as the athletes and patients on their experiences with the good, the bad, and the ugly of healthcare. I was happy with that one. The topics discussed in this podcast should not be considered medical advice or a means of diagnosis. If you're in need of medical attention or advice, seek a licensed healthcare professional. Conversations in the Alenia Life podcast are intended for adult audiences only, and though we keep most topics professional, there is occasional strong language. So, we're hanging out with Vince Beagle of the New Orleans Saints in uh, in Metairie today. Um, we're going to be talking about his experiences with football, with the healthcare system, and how he manages his own recovery as a uh, professional football player. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Vince. appreciate you having me on, first of all. Yeah, uh, yeah my, my name is Vince Beagle. I'm uh, going to go be going into my third season in the NFL, originally from Wisconsin Rapids. Grew up in Wisconsin my whole life. Mm-hmm. I attended the University of Wisconsin from 2012 to 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was drafted in the first pick in the fourth round by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Green Bay Packer played with Green Bay one year, uh, released me, and then the Saints picked me up um, ne- next day and, and played the whole season la- last year with the New Orleans Saints. So mm-hmm. uh, just signed another one year deal with the Saints and uh, excited for uh, the future. Yeah. What uh what position do you play? I play linebacker. I'm number 59 for the Saints. Uh, was 47 in in uh, in college at Wisconsin. I was 45 with Green Bay, and then now 59. So. Uh, it's been a fun journey so far. I've been playing football pretty much my whole life. Mm-hmm. Starting back in the Pop Warner, f- flag football days actually, yeah. in Pop Warner. Um, you know, f- football has always been a huge part of my life. Uh, our family, we're big, we're big football people. My dad played college football at BYU from 1988 to 92 in the Ty Detmer era. Um, you know, my dad was, uh, he was a very, he was, he was a great player with at BYU. was was all mountain player, all mountain West Conference player. Mm-hmm. Um, was in the East West Shrine game. Had the chance to play in the NFL, but what due to injuries, he uh, couldn't couldn't do it. And what kind of injuries? He had shoulder injuries. Okay. He had he had some some pretty banged up shoulders from starting mm-hmm. back actually from high school. So uh, didn't take the next step, but was was always a was a phenomenal, always phenomenal player inside linebacker with BYU. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, obviously my brother, I have a brother named Hayden Beagle as well. He played with me at the University of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, due to injuries, he ended up having to stop playing due to concussions. But, you know, injuries are always a part of the game. But it's, it's uh, I've been fortunate enough to pre- stay relatively, you know, healthy yeah. and um, have a great career so far. So, um, you know, just going to my third year, and it's, it's crazy how fast uh, the years fly when you're in the league. It feels like it just got in. Yeah, what is the what's the typical typical time frame that um, most people don't see like outside of the season? Like, is it is it a year round job pretty much? 
Oh yeah, it's it's definitely a year-round job from the standpoint of, um, you know, once the season concludes, people think, oh yeah, you know, you're just you know throwing up a bench press in your backyard, just kind of hanging out or going to Disney World. just going to Disney World. You're you know you're living the high life, mm-hmm. but in reality is. Once the season gets done, anywhere from, you know, if, if you're not making the playoffs, it'll be December 31st or December 30th, your season ends. Um, or, you know, it could be all the way up till, till uh, February when you're playing the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I usually like to do is I, I actually take a month off, and that's pretty common throughout the league. You know, you take about three to four weeks off, let your body heal recover, get away from the game of football for a while because... You know, you've been you've been grind like from from seven a.m. till seven p.m. or even you know later every yeah. single day, just football, football, football. So mm-hmm. you need that mental break, that that physical break to step away from the game. And you know, a lot of guys do yoga, stretching. Some guys don't do anything at all. But I think it's important that you step away from the game and do something to kind of help your body recover. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, that's when guys start doing training. And there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Um, some guys go back to their hometowns train with a local guy there some guys go around the country um i usually do i what i did last year was i trained in california mm-hmm. um with a guy with clay matthews clay matthews when i was in green bay we became great friends so i ended up tra- a linebacker at lsu right no, no no clay was a linebacker at usc oh yeah usc that guy. okay yeah usc and yeah. then he uh yeah. he's he was with green bay for 10 years and just actually just signed a deal with the, the rams now Oh, I thought he was retired. Yeah, okay. so so I usually go out to pro. It's called a facility called Proactive Train out there. It's okay. in uh, Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Um, and then um, but this year, uh, my wife's wife's due with her baby. Um, Congrats. in less than three weeks now. So three weeks. Yeah, three weeks away. <laughs> so that's you know because hot. she can't. Yeah, usually I like to have my wife train with me because you know it's our off season. This is the time where we kind of relax, take a deep, deep breath. It's a little more chill. Mm-hmm. So I always want my wife with me, and you know, obviously with her pregnancy, she can't travel. So we're we're kind of nestled in, nestled in here in Metairie, here in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and can have a baby down here. So been training with this with the Saints at the Saints facility, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of getting prepped up and ready for the OTAs. Yeah. So that that kind of so that took the month off. Started doing my my training there. It's been about an eight week program, and then they'll push me right into OTAs. Yeah. Did um, did the end of this season, like, did was that a little different this season because of the way the season ended? Yeah, you know it's, you know you're always gonna have your heartbreaks in, in yeah. football. You know what I mean? Some for the better, some for worse. And would you say this one was for the worst? <laughs> it was. It was. It was definitely from the worst. And from the standpoint of like, listen to me. If the Rams would have beat us outright, like if if we got our butts kicked, you know, I can live with that, right? Like yeah. I say, hey, the Rams beat us fair and square. Yeah. You know what? They deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But for the game to be put on the way it did, from the standpoint of the refs blew a call, mm-hmm. that's something you, it's hard to live with. You know what I mean? It's hard to. It's hard to you know step back and say, oh man, it's just. Was there something we could have done, or yeah. it was it was a it was a blown call, and it's it's kind of a frustrating thing to kind of look back. And all you got to do is turn the page and move forward. And that's kind of what I think myself and a lot of our teammates have done is just turn that page and trying to get better every day for for next season. Mm-hmm. How? But how was like the next day? Like the next, I would imagine the next day it was pretty, still pretty frustrating, right? It wasn't like. 
all right, let's get right back to training, or was it? No, it was. I th- well, we had a team meeting, and and um, usually after the season, you do your exit interviews. Yeah. So, um, Coach Payton addressed the team, and you know, it's just it was just frustrating. You know, what I mean, we were less than twenty four hours. It was actually twelve hours after the game. We actually were already meeting again, and it's just it's just fr- it's frustrating from the standpoint of you know having the game that that was so close you know you're literally one call away from being the Super Bowl if you will you know what I mean um kind of blown and all he did was you know encourage guys to you know take some time away from from the game and 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 prepare your bodies for next seasons Mm because you know we're gonna be coming back with you know a a same attitude the same expectations yeah um of coming in but it's hard and I mean a lot a lot of of fans think oh yeah you know the Saints will be right back to where they were but or any team you know what I mean but they don't understand that when you have the success you do, that draws players away. Players get paid more money. Mm-hmm. Coaches get drawn away. They get paid more money. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to keep the same coaching staff, the same players. So, Meaning that they go to other teams? Meaning they go to other teams, right? Like because the, other teams want them. Right, right. One-third yeah. of the roster will be different than last year. 33% of the roster is going to be different. Okay. That's that's how, that's the turnover in the NFL. Like one third of your roster is gonna be different. Otherwise, you know, cuts, trades, uh, you know, guys shuffling around. It's yeah. it's you know, contracts getting expired. The the roster is continually evolving and changing. So oh. the roster is always different. It's hard to repeat. You know, what I mean, that's why it's, it's hard to come back. It's hard to come back. But um, the the great teams seem to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you had mentioned your brother had trouble with concussions, which made him discontinue playing at the playing at the NFL level. Um, what what has been your experience with concussions? Um, you know what, or just any kind of head trauma? Yeah, you know, concussions are you know will always be a part of the game because. At the end of the day, football is a contact sport. You know, yeah. I mean, just like soccer, there's going to be concussions. Just like any sport, there's going to be a level of risk of injury. You know, I mean, not just concussions, but you know, knee injuries, foot injuries, um, all shoulder injuries, all kinds of injuries. I think um, you know, being aware of the risks, being aware, like educating yourself, proper equipment, like using like the, using the best equipment you possibly can. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Proper technique, um, tackling form, being able to keep your head out. You know that's the that's the big thing now is you know a lot of times coaches used to taught teach you know head is a part of the tackle. Now mm-hmm. it's now it's keeping your head out of the tackle and, and using more shoulder. You know just those little steps the NFL has been doing to to kind of educate and you know put people in the right direction on on head injuries and that's yeah. important um uh, moving forward not just from the players but also from the coaches to the medical staff so everybody's well educated everybody's understanding the risks involved and to help people if they do sustain a concussion yeah. what's the proper protocol how can we get this guy back on track and mm-hmm. and, and get him back 100 percent playing again yeah it seems like over the past few years, the protocols have gotten pretty, pretty strict, pretty straightforward. Yeah, like there's a there's a there's a strong protocol actually. Like before every football season, we have to do a, a it's called a baseline test. Basically, we get you know you have all these questions and numbers and yeah. you know like 
shapes like was it was the shape you did before like you, know, you do this on, on a computer so yeah. it's baseline you're not concussed and then say you sustain or you think you sustain a concussion you you take this baseline and then you're able to see the numbers and you know is this guy got a concussion or not mm-hmm. and um if, and if you do there's a there's a strict protocol that the nfl does introducing a player back you know with some you know some of you know there'll be a practice you know, non-contact. You know, then he can just run, and then you know, there's a there's a nice, you know, nice transition for players to get back to playing. Again. Yeah. Who usually for the Saints is it an athletic trainer, a physical therapist, a Cairo that typically like leads your concussion or team concussion or head injury? It's always trainers. It's always yeah. the train. Like the uh, maybe like the PT guys. You know what I mean? Okay. Like you know, you're. Your guys who are certified and uh, not just like a weight room coach. Yeah. Oh, you're good to go. No, it's yeah. it's 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 well. I think that's a lot of misconception. People just think, oh yeah, he's he's good to go. He's he's good to be back out there. There's right. there's a nice protocol. There's um, guys who are really looking out for your best interest. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, in terms of injuries that you've sustained, what kind of what kind of injuries have you sustained over your career, and like how has how has it been managed in your eyes? Like, have you had good experiences with the healthcare system? Have you had any negatives? You know, for my, I've stayed relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, when I was in high school, I never, I never had any type of injuries. You know, I, I stayed really healthy. Um, never even, never even had a tight muscle. Then I got to college. My first year in college, I had a stress fracture in my second metatarsal on my foot. Um, I, I ended up having a 330-pound O-lineman step right on my foot. So mm-hmm. had a had a fracture in it that kept me out. That um, I ended up getting redshirted my first year, so I just was able to have it recover and get yeah. back to get back get back to playing again. I uh, was able to take my time, and then uh, my senior season, I ended up sustaining a Jones fracture outside of my foot, yeah. and that was probably my most serious. My most serious injury because it needed it needed surgery, so I ended up getting surgery on it. And 23 days after surgery, I was playing against Iowa, okay. uh, Iowa at Iowa because you know at that time we beat LSU um, in at Lambeau Field in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were ranked in the, in the top. We were actually in the top five, and then we ended up playing. I I, I got hurt, and then they played Michigan, lost to Michigan. Played Ohio State at home, lost a close one, and then we had a bye week, and then we were playing Iowa at Iowa City. So, and I was the captain on the team, and I said, "There's no way that I'm missing this game." Did you get hurt in the LSU game? No, I didn't. I actually got hurt weeks following that. Okay. Okay. Um. So, you know, I wasn't going to miss the game, and the the foot wasn't fully healed, and uh, I, I went back out there. I finished the rest of the season. Ended up, I was ended up being all big, all, um, all on the all Big Ten team. Yeah. Um, but I definitely wasn't myself. You know what I mean? I could feel that I, I didn't have the type, same type of, you know, confidence that I did in that foot before. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was when I got to Green Bay, Green Bay drafted me the first pick in the fourth round. Well, and then that injury, I, I take that back, step back. When I was going through the combine and stuff, you know, they're doing X-rays and stuff on it, and they know that it wasn't fully healed. Oh. While you were in the middle of the combine, yeah, yeah, they they well because with, with and the combine 
people just think you just run a 40 and that you're done. But yeah. most of the stuff you're doing there is actually behind the scenes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Interviews, you know, doctors are, are poking and prying you and, and seeing what's wrong with you. Um, you know, there's, there's a full day of just, just, you know, doctors poking, poking at you, MRIs, CT scans. It's, it's, you know, it's it's a full it's a full deal. So they ended up you know redoing you know they retested X-rays, MRIs on my foot, <clears throat> and, and knew knew that wasn't fully healed. <clears throat> so then, and how long had it been at that point? It had been it had been less than a year. Like okay. it probably been it probably been like it's only been probably about five months then okay. at that time five six months yeah since my foot injury or since when I had surgery on it. So that kind of pushed me down in the draft a little bit, but then Green Bay drafted me, and then my first practice with Green Bay, my first rookie minicamp, I ended up restressing my foot. Dang. So, which ended up being a blessing in disguise because <clears throat> I was able to fully let my foot. You know, I got a surgery on it from Bobby Anderson, who's, who's the who's the best foot doctor in the world, does all the NFL guys. You know, he he ended up doing a great surgery on it. And I was able to let it heal. Like Green Bay was patient with me, let my foot heal up. Foot feels 100% to this day, and and I think that was the best thing for my for my for me in my career long term mm-hmm. was being able to let that foot fully heal and and be on the right foot literally. Yeah. The rest of my career. Yeah. So, got it fixed, and then um, since then I've been really healthy and mm-hmm. been very blessed to be able to. You know, there's always there's always you know aches and pains in the recovery process right. you're gonna have you know getting back on the field that psychological aspect of mm-hmm. hitting another dude again you know what i mean like with engaging in somebody and, and having not just my weight but a whole other man's body weight on my feet you know what i mean so those are the things that that i had to kind of work through and, and mm-hmm. every athlete has to work through when you have sustained an injury yeah like sports psychology stuff absolutely yeah we talk a lot about the psychological aspects of of pain on the podcast a lot and how you know a lot of what pain is and the pain experience isn't just straight from the tissue right so like whenever you're coming back from injury it wasn't just oh you got a fracture you got surgery and it's healing you also have to you have to take into account your confidence levels in the foot right because if you're if you're constantly changing how you're doing things because you're not 100% confident in the foot, you're going to be doing other things. Yeah, you're going to be compensating. Yeah. yeah so how did, how did you navigate that? Um, Was there any like specific either education that a trainer or pt gave you or was there certain drills no i think i think natural progression there's a natural progression standpoint like you know you're not going to sit down and over talk over analyze your foot you know i mean you're gonna you're gonna go back to doing what you do right it's playing football so um doing drills Mm -hmm. um you know every we did everything we did bone sim on it we did i was i was on a uh, i was on a diet that helped put my help my foot healed better with you know high calcium yeah enriched diet and you do all those things it's a culmination of a lot of things to try to help get you back on the field and at the end of the day what helps you get back to playing football is playing football yeah you know what i mean people went over like oh yeah how, how can we help this listen to me playing football <laughs> yeah that's how you that's how you get back to playing football yeah 
But it's like that with pretty much everything else. It's pretty life, much right? everything else. You know what I mean? Like, like yes. if you hurt your back deadlifting, you need a deadlift to get back to deadlifting. Yeah, I mean, you don't just go back to right where you were before, right? right. It's like you start from the ground up again and you work your way back up. Yeah. But you let your let your body heal up. You do some correctives. But it's important for me to also too, like, why was my foot? Why did I have a foot fracture? Mm-hmm. And I and, and that's what I found was I needed to have strong ankles and feet. Yeah, I needed to have have. Uh, uh, great balance. I needed to have a flexible ankles. That and that's what one thing that I've really done since then to help me my my long term is is understanding my feet better. So that's yeah. what that's what a, an athlete does and needs to do is you sustain an injury. How can I correct that and have it so it won't ever happen again? Yeah, and you haven't had any problems since. I haven't had any problems since. What have you been doing for your <clears throat> for your feet specifically? Um, I do, uh, I'm a big foam roll stretch on it, foam roll, uh, break up a little tissue. Um, I'm a big four way ankle guy. I think ankle is huge ankle flexibility and, and, and having strong ankles important. Yeah. And when I was doing my recovery, it was marble pickups, foam balance. Um, foam balance is huge. I still, I, I do that on a weekly mm-hmm. foam balance and, and, and closing your eyes and, and looking around and, and having you know partner passes with it and, yeah. and working different angles, improving your foot and ankle together. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of helped me stay healthy, and it's and it's a constant thing. Every day you, you know you gotta go in, and everybody's got different strengths and weaknesses. Right. Like some guys got bad hamstrings, some guys got bad shoulders, mm-hmm. and they do different corrective things that I don't. Mm-hmm. And it's understanding your body and kind of working through it so you can play on Sundays. Yeah. How much is how much of your training is individualized? Like in terms of you're a linebacker, but you're also like you you were talking earlier about how a lot of a lot of what you do on the team is up to you being a professional. How does that I guess bleed into y'all's training? Like are you doing everything with everyone or are the linebackers doing something specific and then you're doing something specific on top of the specific linebacker training how does that work so i don't work out with any of the linebackers from the saints okay i don't they, those guys once once the season's done yeah it's like hey guys we'll see you back and when ota started which is in the middle of april end of april mm-hmm. like hey we'll see you guys so guys go back to their hometowns they go back to their own trainers they kind of do what's you know do different types of exercises yeah and i think that's good too because you need to shock your body you can't just be doing the same type of workout program 12 months a year you know what i mean yeah it's good to do different variations because you know what it does it puts different types of stresses on different types of muscles Mm -hmm. it puts different types of stresses on these parts of that your body where you're not necessarily working all the time Mm -hmm. so I work out with a couple guys at the facility. Um, I got I actually am using my my uh, my weight room program that I had back in college actually. Okay. Because I got a ton of respect for Ross Kalaji and the University of Wisconsin, what they did. So I actually been using their weight weight room program and the running program from college. Got it. And I've been training and then using that program with a couple of guys at the facility. We've been training together. So. Everybody's different, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody. Some guys might be doing less weights. Some guys might be doing more weights. But when we get back to OTAs, we're all doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So once the once we get back to report, 
the weight room coaches at the Saints, they have a set regimen of, you know, here's what we're going to be lifting, here's what was going on, and that's how we tack it moving forward then. Yeah. Okay. So it's a little different in season. Like in season, you're doing more stuff. In season, you're right. In season, everybody's together. Everybody's doing the same weights. Everybody's lifting the same exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually get I get, actually get this at the facility pretty early. Mm-hmm. Hop in the hot tub, get the body rolling. Then actually after that, I pop out, do some foam roll stretch. Four, I actually do four way ankle every morning, and just do a few dis, di- different types of corrective things, mm-hmm. and then go to my meetings, and then uh, once once practice hits. I've already got like a you know half an hour warm up session prior. Yeah. You know my body is activated in some areas, and then um, so I got a little bit of a head start on some guys. And you do that every day. I do every day. Nice. Every day. So is a lot of a lot of what you do to prep as well as recover the same stuff that you've always done? No, it's evolved. It's evolved. It's evolved a lot. Like you know different types of injuries. Mm-hmm. My foot injuries. Um, you know, soft tissue stuff, soft tissue injuries you sustain, you kind of have to kind of evolve over time. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like being in the NFL, you learn from guys who've been in the league for a while. Yeah. You know, guys who played six, seven, eight years in the league, there's there's a reason why <clears throat> those guys have played six, seven, eight years in the league. Even more, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think I kind of got a lot of my stuff from Clay Matthews. Clay's a, he's been a huge mentor to me. You know, on how to be professional from a family aspect as a husband and wife, you know, as a husband and a father, and and that as well. But he's also taught me like, from the recovery standpoint as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, for me, it's being able to invest. People think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm spending all this money on on recovery and all. It's a waste of money. Yeah. All this money on nutrition. You're, what I like to say is you're, you're, you're investing back in yourself. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're paying the toll. That's, you know, guys, we spend a lot of money on training every year. You know what I mean? When I go to California, yeah. rent a car, training, uh, uh, nutrition, that's not, that's not cheap. Right. But you're paying the toll because those things are going to pay dividends once the season rolls around. Mm-hmm. And same with nutrition. Like, I got, I got Normatex. I got bands. I got everything here. You know what I mean? I got mm-hmm. stim units. You know, those things are going to pay, pay dividends, though. When the season comes around, you're able to have that resources yeah. and your body's going to be thanking you later. Yeah. So uh, a hot topic, like, in the in the general population world right now mm-hmm. is recovery and, like, what are the most important <clears throat> aspects of recovery? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's a little different between professional athletes and normal people. Yeah, yeah. But I also think it's very similar in that the base of recovery is the same so like nutrition mm-hmm. sleep yep and then training absolutely. training workload absolutely and then i would say for the general population <clears throat> all the stuff after that is good but they need to be doing that stuff first yeah because professional athletes are so disciplined that that is just their normal right? yeah it's so yeah. like for you how much how much do you sleep a day I'm 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 a, I'm consistently eight hours. Yeah, and I, and I should so be eight. To, I should be eight to ten. Yeah, you, so know you got I mean? sleep on lock. I, sleep is extremely important to me, and having a baby, I know it's going to kind of change yeah. that around. Yeah, there's but there's a crazy stat that I'm going to pull it up real quick. It's on Do my it. phone that Green Bay had in their locker room regarding sleep, and we can talk. I I'll, I'll find it as as we're kind of a conversation, but. Mm-hmm. 
it's sleep is so important from the recovery standpoint. I think that's kind of one of the most overlooked things is sleep and just doing the little things to take care of yourself. So likelihood of injury based upon hours of sleep per night. And this is oh, yeah. this is a this is a backed up thing. This isn't just like some dude's yeah. like, all right, let's just test these five guys or yeah. these this is a big study. This is a big study here. So, so likelihood of injury over 21 months in a percentage. So, and it's hard for me to, sh- to show this, but if you have if you have five hours, um, and it talks about the number of hours of sleep you have. Mm-hmm. So, if you have six hours of sleep, there's a 75 percent chance that you're going to get injured in 21 months. Mm-hmm. If you get seven hours of sleep, it goes down to 62%. So just that one hour, some 75 to 62. Eight hours is 35% likelihood of injury over a 12-month period or 21-month period. Mm-hmm. And then nine hours of sleep, it's 18% yeah. over a 21-month period. 21-month period. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about your 75% chance, like there's a high chance you're going to injure yeah. to an 18% Yeah, just from sleep. Pretty easy, and sleep is and sleep's a controllable, right? Yeah, you can go to bed early, right? And put that phone down, and, and you don't need you don't need twenty thousand dollars. You don't need ten thousand. You need five thousand. It's you can you can have a great night's sleep. You know what I mean? And um, that's that's something that your viewers can. That's a controllable. You know what I yeah. mean? You can go out there and control that. And I think another controllable is your nutrition too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So we talk about. <laughs> Um, a, a hot, another hot topic right now is workload management and internal stressors versus external stressors. So sleep and nutrition would be an internal stressor. I think I think that study specifically, like with the likelihood ratio of injury, is it leads back into the internal stressors because, like you said, it's a controllable. Yeah, like things that you can control for. Are definitely going to help you reduce your risk of injury. Yeah, but sometimes, like a three hundred pound lineman yeah. stepping on you, yeah, you can't, you can't control. You can't for control that. those things. And we always yeah. talk about too, like injury. There's non-contact and contact injuries. Right. You can't control the contact injuries, but you can control the non-contact injuries. Mm-hmm. And that's what we always talk about. Like when you're playing football, this is a contact sport. It's a physical game. Yeah, dude. You tell me when I collide with a big three hundred pound man that stuff's not gonna shift around or move like it's gonna happen you yeah know what i mean like but me running down on kickoff or me running down on a punt and and i get an injury doing that with nobody touching me that's what i can control yeah. and that's what I, I i try try to do just try to try to control the the those variables mm-hmm. how's the kickoff in uh in the superdome it's pretty. Like? It's pretty sweet, man. The Superdome is. It's a. It's a fun place to play. And when yeah. we played the, when we played the Rams, when we played Philly in the in the in the playoffs, that energy those fans bring is down here in Louisiana. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. It's it's pretty sweet. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm biased too. I, I think I think I think Louisiana's got some of the great. Like some of the, I've been very blessed. Green Bay had great fans. Yeah, down here in Louisiana, you guys got great fans here too. Yeah, and you guys are passionate. That's what that's what making the game is fun. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got fans who they live and breathe and die by this. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, huge, huge fan base. Um, okay, so so we've talked about sleep. You had mentioned nutrition. 
Mm-hmm. How, how does, like, what is the nutrition? How do you navigate the nutrition? So I'll kind of just walk you through my off season. I think hydrating waters, you know, that goes without saying mm-hmm. proper hydration, but, um, in the morning, I'm in the mornings. I try to get a, a decent breakfast in. I got usually meal prep it. So I do like a, I'll do like a huge, huge collage. I'll do like hash browns. I'll do it about, I'll cook out about like 15 eggs, 14 eggs. And 15? then I'll, yeah. And then I'll cook a pound of bacon with it and about a bunch of chicken sausage and then just throw this in a big, um, in a big bag and just mix it up. Mm-hmm. And in the morning you just like, you, you take about like four eggs or, okay, you, know so you, I mean? like, you don't eat the whole thing at once. Oh no, okay. no, no, no. No, that'll probably like last me a week. You know what I mean? Because you're doing like about a pound of hash browns. You're doing about 15 eggs, 14 eggs, a pound of bacon. Like Mm -hmm. then I eat that throughout the week. And then I'm pretty lazy for my lunches. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is there's a a food delivery service here. They do like healthy meals. Mm -hmm. So I do um, a, a meal. They drop it off twice a week, one Wednesday and Sundays. And that's going to be my, my lunches for the week right there. Mm-hmm. And then my dinners, my wife and I, we like to cook dinners here at the house. And then my, in between, in between lunch and dinner though, I do like a midday snack, like a PB and J, some nuts. Um, and then throughout all that proper hydration. And then before I go to bed, I like to do like a casein protein, slow absorbing. Yeah. Just to kind of help keep the weight on or gain weight, and, and then post workout, you always do a protein shake. Yeah, uh, that's where I like to hit my my berries, and I like to put a bunch of stuff in a protein shake, mm-hmm. and that's at the the facility they take care of you there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that uh, that video that you did with the same. Oh, the video <laughs> like the I think it was the humble and hungry, the yeah. humble and hungry uh, shake. Yeah, yeah, they is that a a Vince Beagle special? That's or is that's that theirs. No, no, that was mine. That's that's that's, okay. that's kind of my that's one, that's one of the they they know each player likes their own different thing. Yeah, that's my humble and hungry. It's like berries. It's uh, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, peanut butter, honey, almond milk, or any type of milk, mm-hmm. ice, and uh, chocolate protein. Okay, that's what it is right there. Pretty simple, but it's it's kind of been my always go to. How many calories do you eat a day? Do you know? You know what my uh, my calorie intake? I'm not one of those guys who you know who the bodybuilders measure it out. No, yeah. like I my my goal is to try to put as many calories down as I can because I'm yeah. I'm a guy who I burn it off. Yeah, and I like to go into the season heavier because I'm gonna always lose it. So mm-hmm. I'll try to roll in the season like two fifty two or two fifty three two fifty ish and then once the season's rolling around i'm I'm melting down like two forty four yeah you know what I mean because you're you know the stress and you're always kind of you're, you'll never be able to put down enough calories to hold your weight mm-hmm. training during the season is that more like a maintenance thing <clears throat> or more task specific to your position? So when I was in Green Bay, it was more maintenance. Like the coaches addressed it from the standpoint of like, ah, you know, it just takes some load off your body, more maintenance stuff. Yeah. But I found that when I don't actually hit the weights hard during the season, when I say hard, I'm not mean like maxing out or anything like that. But when I'm putting stress in my body, where I'm putting up some like good, decent weight on dumbbell bench or when I'm putting on some decent weight on on squat or, Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I get weak mm-hmm. and that affects me on Sundays. Like when I'm, when I'm engaging in another man, like when I'm, when we're locked up, like I, I want to feel strong. Yeah. You know what I mean, and, and if you're not doing that consistently, and if you're not doing that consistently, that's going to take away from your game. That's just me personally. And some guys, they don't even, they hardly touch weights during the season. They just do corrective stuff. And you know what I mean? That works great for them. But mm-hmm. for me personally, I like to get it in. Like, um, you know, we play on a Sunday, a Monday, Mondays we usually hit the weight room pretty good, actually, honestly, because I want to get all that crap out of me. You know what I mean? I'll do a good run. I'll do a decent workout. Um, Tuesdays, Tuesdays are kind of, you know, your helmets days. And then Wednesdays are more heavier days. So I like mm-hmm. to, I'll hit, I'll hit a workout on Tuesday. Um, I usually take Wednesdays off and then go Thursday. So you're hitting like three to four lifts a week. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and not not to mention your your practice practice on top of that and then yeah. games on Sunday because they say what what happens is when you play a game on on Sunday when you play an NFL football game yeah it's it's really like going through a car crash yeah I've heard that so and some weeks are better than others some weeks are like oh man I feel great some weeks are like, bro like, I don't know how I'm gonna get this <laughs> body patched up for next week yeah. It's like that sometimes. Like, like you just feel thrashed. Like I don't know how I'm gonna get through this week in practice. Like I'm, my legs are heavy. I'm, I'm freaking. My shoulders killing me, or my knees bother me, or my you know what I mean. He's just wear and tear. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got all these different types of nicks and bruises and bumps. And I think that's what true professionals do. You work through that. Mm-hmm. Were you ever? Did you ever take like formal sports psychology? classes in college no i didn't i didn't i never took any sports psychology classes but for me i'm always trying to be the best player that i possibly can every day i'm like how can i be the best football player i possibly can and over the years i've educated myself yeah. from like recovery to everything to nutrition just like we've been talking about mm-hmm. i've tried to educate myself on all aspects because i want to play this for do this thing for a long time mm-hmm. and through all that learning, I've kind of developed a understanding of of all these things. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've, I um, haven't, yeah, self taught, but I haven't, you know, properly took in like a mm-hmm. college course class or, or whatnot. Yeah, I just know some. I've heard of some sports programs like making it mandatory for their athletes to do that. Some don't. Some just self teach. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more self teach, but it's more self teach because those classes are tough. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take one in college. I won't. Well, I won't want to take a test on the, the anatomy of a body. Yeah, those. That's you know, the flashcards for all the hundred different muscle yeah. groups you got. And I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'll just stick to the. I'll let my my PT. I'll let my my body work guys take care of that. Mm-hmm. I but I'm gonna understand my body. Right. You know what I mean. I'm gonna control what I can control. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to know all the attachments on my shoulder. Right. I just need to know like. Hey, my shoulder's not well? bothering me. Is it working well? Like, what kind of exercises can I do to get right? Like, yeah. You know, sometimes you got to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Stupid. That's what I say. You know? Yeah. Um, how do you... So you mentioned, like, your body work versus your PT guys. Yep. How do you manage what different practitioners have to say about what you need to be doing? Like, do you, do you let one, one guy or girl... Uh, dictate like your recovery versus 
corrective exercises versus how much time do you need to be spending on the Normatec, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, like they, they can tell you all they want, but at the end of the day, you got to know your body. Right. Like, I like to do, what I personally do is, in season, I'm doing like two massages a week at least. Mm-hmm. But um, off season, I'm doing like one massage a week. I do usually like one stretch, one to two stretches a week, like a, or, or body work, you know, one to two body work sessions a week. So yeah. massage, one to two body works a week, and and then on top of all your lifts. So I usually do like Monday, Tuesday, run, lift, uh, lifting and running on both days. Wednesdays are off days, and then Thursday, Friday, run, lifts. And, and you know what I mean? Like, there's different variations. You know I mean? Some, when I first started, it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then towards the end here, it'll be like Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so it's, it's, it's ramping up. But um, I personally, unless you sustain an injury, yeah. then your your PT, then your uh, uh, physical therapist from the, at the facility, the Saints, yeah. then you'll go through a protocol, and you're not really working with anybody outside but them, because mm-hmm. like, they want to be in charge. They want to see what's going on. You know yeah. what I mean? But. So if it's something specific, something specific. Say you, let's just for example, say you roll your ankle and you have an ankle sprain. Yeah, the, you're, you're going to do all your recovery stuff at the facility. You're not going to be like, oh Vince, let's let's have you go over and see your PT person. Let's go see your. They're not going to do that. They want to take care take care of everything in house. Mm-hmm. You know I and mean? that's what they're getting paid to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, but as a as a professional athlete, a lot of guys seek seek those things out on their own. Yeah, but you you stick to more in house. So say if I do sustain injury, yeah, I'll do whatever they have in house, and I'll do my own stuff too. Okay, I'll do my own stuff. Yeah, but if I'm not injured, I'm still doing massage a week. I'm still doing my body work stuff because that stuff right there is keeping you on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that little investment like you're making back in yourself. Right. So that's 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 what a lot of young athletes don't understand is like, oh man, I'm. I mean, that stuff's not cheap. You know what I mean? Like, you look at guys who can get crazy with it, guys who are like, you know, uh, Harrison, who's a linebacker for the Steelers, he was spending like $250,000, $300,000 on, on recovery stuff a year. Mm-hmm. Needling, and you know what I mean? You can, get, you can get as crazy as you want with it. You know what I, mean? I, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. He's Like every single day. Every single day. Would you think that's a little bit overkill? Um... I mean, I don't know because I don't know his body. Yeah, that's that's like saying like you tell me what do you think about my body. Yeah, I I'm that's if he thinks he needs it every day like that's more power to him. You know what right. I mean? But I personally know for me like I can't I can't hit body work every day. Mm-hmm. Like today's a Saturday, I hit all my my body work and my training and stuff yesterday. Run, lift, and body work yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna today. I'm gonna I'm gonna. It's more of a mental day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll do some stretching here. But it's gonna be more of a mental day. Like, hey, get out with the wife, mm-hmm. do some fun stuff, um, play Xbox. I saw the Xbox. play some <laughs> play some Xbox. Maybe just kind of you know get away from. Now it's in season. That's a little different. I can't do those things. But maybe if it was in season, hey, I'm gonna do sit down, and watch a little more film today. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What can I do to you know? What's some? What are some things I can improve my game from mental aspect? Mm-hmm. You know. So. Do y'all have an Xbox in the uh, in the locker room? We do. We got an Xbox. They got a, a old Nintendo sixty four. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're, they're huge. It's that all. Cool. Uh, I was never never an N sixty four guy. Yeah, I never had 
Nintendo 64 kids, so I, I can't really play on that very good. Yeah. But they're always playing... Uh, like, Mario Kart. Mario, no, they're playing Super Smash Bros. That's huge. The OG one? The OG one, yep. Nice. And it's always fun because, you know, there's always a little you know cash on the table. There's always, <laughs> bet, there's always bets. Have but, you uh, played it? No, I I don't I, I usually you stray away from I stray away. Smash Bros. But there's also a basketball like a little mini hoop in there, mm-hmm. like a little you know, like a little kid basketball hoop, mm-hmm. like a really nice one's got glass and it's it's a nice one. Yeah. And I always I like playing like little little buckets on that. It's fun, yeah. guys. We, we we like to have a good time in the locker room. Some lockers are locker rooms, they're serious. Like there's no, none of that, and then there's some like with the Saints. There's there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think I think I asked everything that I wanted to ask. Um, did you Did you have anything that you wanted to add, or mm. for anything, anything that you want to let the people know? Hmm. I think I would just say this one thing. It's important for you to understand your own body. You know what I mean. Everybody's different, and I I, I found that, and this is this is just in the in the last year I found this that. Mm-hmm. Western medicine isn't always the best thing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is people, you say, say you bang up your shoulder or something like that, people want to prescribe you, say, um, medicine, uh, prescription, or they want to put a laser on it and try to, you know, try to help you feel better. But in reality, you're just putting a Band-Aid over an, an, an injury, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not truly addressing the, the what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I found that, like, my body work when they're looking when they're actually going to the attachments and, and correcting it and when I'm doing correctives like say my glutes not firing it's affecting my hamstring and, and versus like oh my hamstrings bother me you know the when I go sometimes when you go to the trainers or you go to different things they'll want to put a laser on it they'll want to like massage what's where the muscle is mm-hmm. but in reality reality is my 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 glutes not firing yeah so I think it's important for for the viewers to know like to fully understand their body mm-hmm. and to not just put a band-aid over an issue like understand why is why is your why is your hamstring feeling tight or why is your calf feeling tight usually it's a chain reaction right and under having that knowledge and understanding your body is going to yeah. help you not just be a professional athlete but be like live a healthy lifestyle and advocate for yourself absolutely yeah and then too like when you do go to the doctor or when you go to things like you're able to communicate to them like, hey, you know what? No, 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 no. It's not. It's not that part of my shoulder. It's it's here. Or you know, what I mean, just because mm-hmm. you feel, understand it. Yeah. And you know, I think people sometimes today are so out of touch with their body, mm-hmm. from nutrition to everything. Right. And that's and at the end of the day, it's like it's it's mind, body, and spirit. You know what I mean? Like it's you gotta all be connected. Yeah. And you know, people might think, you know laugh at that, but it's. There's definitely some some truth to that. Yeah, it all they all interact. One hundred percent. So having that full, having all your chakras aligned, find your shui, find your exactly having all all your 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 stuff connected and and being in touch and tune with everything is is important. Yeah. Do you are you in? <laughs> do you feel your chakras whenever you're on kickoff? <laughs> what, are, what are your chakras doing? I, I don't. I'm not feeling my chakras. I'm no. just feeling. I'm feeling the juice. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just getting ready to light up a dude. That's that's. Yeah. I think, you know. I think just understand your body, though. Yeah. You know, in all seriousness, it like, all goes back to that. It all goes back to that. Like, you know, it's understanding your body. Um, 
and and kind of working through some you know nobody's nobody's body's perfect everybody's got discrepancies everybody's got things they're working on Mm -hmm. and it's understanding those things and and becoming the best you Mm -hmm. and you know not everybody's gonna be a professional athlete or not everybody's gonna be an all crossfit world person you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but if you can be the best you that's that's at the end of the day that's what it's all about yeah definitely well cool um thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh let me come over absolutely i appreciate you guys having me on and uh love to be back anytime soon sweet oh yeah where where can the people find you oh on the internet um, drop your handles yeah yeah so my twitter my twitter is vince beagle mm-hmm. i think it's vince beagle 45 okay my Instagram is, uh, I think it's Vince Beagle 45 too, Vin, Vince Beagle. But if you check me out on Instagram, uh, on, on Twitter, um, I'm pretty active on both of them. Cool. Show, show, I, I should probably show more of my workouts. I kind of like to keep my workouts low key. Yeah. But um, I think I might kind of try to do that move forward, kind of, you know, show my fans like, the, you know, what what do you do? What I do, what kind of makes good. At the end of the day, that's, that's what they want to know. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really care about what's going on in your daily life sometimes you want to know what's going on like behind the scenes you're training and working out thank you so much for listening follow us for more content on instagram and facebook at the alinea collective and our website thealiniacollective.com additional platforms you can download the podcast include itunes soundcloud stitcher player fm or wherever else you get your podcasts new episodes dropping weekly